Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Just walk with your head up high. Don't be afraid. Just take it one step at a time. Don't give up on your dreams no matter how small. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is April, oops, April 16th, 2013. Wow, I just hit a button on my computer, and it was like, whoops. You know, managing all the pages open and all that good stuff. Anyway, it's a breezy, breezy day here, windy, for Los Angeles, California. It's nice out. Uh, I want to send my condolences to anybody out there who was affected by the Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, really, really sad situation, horrible situation, and uh, really sad to see that going on. Um, tonight, we have Laura Makey. I hope I'm saying it right. We're going to have Laura on. She is a Women for Sobriety leader. And she is more than that. Let's let's read what she is. So Laura is a WFS certified moderator and a chat leader. She has been on the WFS board of directors since 2010 and is a CAADAC registered recovery worker. And um, let's read. Women for Sobriety, Inc. is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping women overcome alcoholism and other addictions. It is, in fact, the first national self-help program for women alcoholics and has been providing services to women alcoholics since July of 1976. Wow. Why haven't we heard more about you? The New Life program helps women achieve sobriety and sustain ongoing recovery. So there we have that, and I think we have Laura in the queue. I am going to bring her on right now. This is Laura. Hi, is this Laura? Hello? Laura? Can you hear me? I don't know if you can hear me. Hello? Let me see if this not didn't go right. Hi, Laura? I'm here. Ah, good. Okay. I Yay. clicked it can once. You hear me? It, yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, good. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks so much for um, asking us to to speak with you. Oh, you're welcome. I've been meaning to, and uh, then I, you know, I didn't really connect with you guys yet. How do I say your last name? 
It is Makey. You got it right. Okay, good, Laura Makey. Uh, so I'm very excited to have you. You're one of the uh, groups that, uh, that uh, the other alternatives that I haven't had on. And I was looking at the booklet, which somebody gave me on a plane. It's really funny. Which one is it? I have. It's a little beige booklet that says the program booklet by Excellent. Jane Kirkpatrick. Women for Sobriety. It's three dollars and fifty cents. Mhm. That is and, the core little booklet for our program. Yeah. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself and the listeners. We have a bunch, a lot of people actually in queue. Did you put the word out somewhere? I did. Awesome. So uh, I am, as you said, a member of the Board of Directors for Women for Sobriety, and I came to the program uh, about eight years ago. Um, I was having difficulty controlling my drinking and knew I needed some sort of structure to right. help me get sober, mm-hmm. but I also knew that AA was not going to be the right choice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking for alternatives, yeah. right? And I investigated a lot, and you know, I looked into smart recovery, rational recovery. Um, you know, I read a lot of books, a lot of bibliotherapy, um, and finally found Women for Sobriety. And when yeah. I first read the statements of acceptance, the affirmations that Women for Sobriety is founded on, mm-hmm. I really felt like I was where I was supposed to be, right. that everything the program uh, focuses on were things that I kind of wished I had already been doing in my life. They were mm-hmm. things that I saw the benefit of. Mm-hmm. So I really did, you know, from the very beginning, know that this program could work for me if I allowed it to. And um, I've been sober with WFS for seven years now. Great, great. Uh, I was looking at the back, the statement of purpose. Um, that probably has been updated. We have a mission statement now. But do, you, do you want to read it? Do you have a, like a paragraph or something that you could read? That sure, I can read. Uh, yeah. Um, so Women for Sobriety is an organization whose purpose is to help all women find their individual path to recovery through discovery of self, gained by sharing experiences, hopes, and encouragement with other women in similar circumstances. Mm -hmm. We are an abstinence-based self-help program for women facing issues of alcohol or drug addiction, Mm -hmm. and our New Life program acknowledges the very special needs women have in recovery, the need to nurture feelings of self-value and self-worth, and the desire to discard feelings of guilt, shame, and humiliation. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm, sounds good. It is a little different. I like I like the changes. I liked what was in the back here. Yeah, there's there's a little more if you'd like. Yeah, can, go ahead. I can go on. Yeah, go, go ahead. Read a little more. WFS is unique in that it is an organization of women for women. We're not affiliated with any other recovery organization, and we stand on our own principles and philosophies. We recognize each woman's necessity for self-discovery. WFS offers a variety of recovery tools to guide a woman in developing coping skills, which focus on emotional growth, spiritual growth, self-esteem, and a healthy lifestyle. Our vision is to encourage all women in developing personal growth and continued abstinence through the New Life program. WFS believes that addiction began to overcome stress, loneliness, frustration, or emotional deprivation in daily life, and dependence often resulted. Physical, mental, and emotional addiction are overcome with abstinence and the knowledge of self gained through the principles and philosophies of WFS. Membership in Women for Sobriety requires a sincere desire for an abstinent new life 
and our members live by the philosophy, release the past, plan for tomorrow, live for today. Nice, nice. So that's uh, our that's our new mission statement. We adopted that in 2011. Uh huh. I, I like it. I have a few questions. So these are kind of sure. just, um, about some of the facts. So, how many meetings do you have in the United States? Um, we currently, I think, have about 200 meetings mm-hmm. in the United States. Um, we also have meetings in a couple of countries uh, internationally: Australia, Finland, Iceland. I think the UK. Um, so we we do have a presence in a couple of other countries as well. Okay, and do you have an online presence? We do. We have a great online community. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we currently have about nine thousand members. Wow! In our okay. online community, yeah. we have online meetings every day, if not two a day. Really? And okay. a lot of support twenty four seven in our online community. All right, everybody. So you're listening out there. So here's another option. These are online meetings that are every day and sometimes twice a day? Mm-hmm. And uh, can somebody um, request this if they get a DUI through the courts? Have you done any inroads with um, um, people here, who get... Here in San Diego, we are approved. Um, so for uh, women who get DUIs and need to attend meetings, um, mm-hmm. we are an approved provider for that. Oh, that's it's great. It's not true necessarily in every jurisdiction where we have meetings, but here yeah. where I am in San Diego, we are part of that. Oh, so good. I do get calls um, on a fairly regular basis from women looking for alternatives who find mm-hmm. us through the court system. And um, I remember when I first uh, you know, was on this path and I left AA, which was a couple of years ago now, there were there were really wasn't a meeting in L.A. I think it was like in Torrance or Manhattan Beach. There, there was one in Torrance, and the longest standing one in L.A. is in the Glendale area. And as far as I know, that's still that's still going strong. Oh, okay. As so far as I know, L.A. listeners, there's one in Glendale, and there's one in the uh, Torrance area. Torrance area. I'm not sure if that one is still in existence. You know, they do change a lot. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we always recommend. Uh, women contact our head office um, either by email or telephone, um, and they have the current up-to-date information about meetings. Um, we don't publicize our meetings like online very much because they do change, and right. there's nothing worse than getting up the courage to go to a meeting and not being able to find it or right. feeling like you have to ask somebody and then you don't want to say, hey, where's the alcoholics meeting? You yeah. Know? You know, yeah. so, so we do, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, so, you know, you, those women come in with that look in your in their eye and you say, are you looking for WFS, you know, mm-hmm. like to try and, and calm, you know, calm the situation. So we do try to, you know, we do encourage women if they don't know of a meeting or if they, it's been a while since they've been to a meeting to check in with their head office just to make sure that they know where to go and, and who the current leader is. Right, right. I'm looking at your website, so those who are listening, it, it is spelled out womenforsobriety.org. Dot .org. Dot right. .org, right, Women for Sobriety. And there's the homepage, New Life Process, Literature, Group Info, and a contact. It looks nice. I remember when I first uh, looked on it, and I think you have a, a yearly conference that's back. We east. do. It's coming up in June. Mm-hmm. You want to tell us about that? Uh, so the conference is held in Pennsylvania, uh, near Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and every year we get a uh, hundred, maybe a hundred and twenty-five women, usually. So it's fairly uh, intimate, mm-hmm. um, and women come who have been sober two or three days, and we have women who have been sober thirty years. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge cross section. 
Um, and it's a great opportunity just to be with other women that right. you can be authentic with. You know, even if you have never met any of them, they are mm-hmm. all your sisters from the beginning. And we have uh, various workshops on recovery topics, um, on uh, self-care, a uh, lot of fun, a lot of laughter, mm-hmm. um, and it's a weekend. So it starts Friday night and ends Sunday at noon, so you can uh, come and go pretty quickly. It sounds good. I, I was really excited to see you as well as see Dr. Kern and other people on Huff Live, which is how I finally connected you know, with your group. Yeah. And finally said, you know, I saw a face with a name that I wound up calling you to get you on the show. And I wanted to ask you if you, you feel like that there is a shift now in the public of people looking for other options. I think that there certainly is more opportunity for people to find out about options. You know, with the Internet and the information available to people um, on their own. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't have to ask. They can go and Google search and find their options and keep looking. That I think people are becoming more aware of options um, than they were in the past. And I also think that uh, more providers are becoming more aware of options. Mm. Oh, good. Um, Tell me more about that. Yeah, this is important, providers. Go ahead. um, back in 2011, uh, WFS did a membership survey Um, So, you know, we were asking our own members about their experiences. So it is a little biased towards, you know, obviously women who were using our program. Right. Um, But when we asked them about how they got information, how they found WFS, over 50% of them found us through the Internet. Mm -hmm. So it was an Internet search. Right. Um, But treatment facilities, counselors, um, our literature, you know, their doctor, you know, so we are – People are being referred to WFS. We also were included in some of the literature put out by uh, several pharmaceutical companies who are um, have medications that are sometimes prescribed for various oh, really? addiction recovery. Uh-huh. Right, so, you know, true. we we have been included in some uh, recent uh, media and publications. Mm-hmm. Um, so there does seem to be a, a little bit of a higher profile. That's great. And so you are a nonprofit. You're based yes, uh, out are. of Pennsylvania. Is that where? It's... Yes, that's where the founder of WFS uh, lived, um, and so our head office is there. Um, one of the things, oh, before I get into sort of the meat of the program, we might have to have you on again. I have a feeling I did a show I for would 45. Love to. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do it. I think today maybe we can, you know, start on the outside and the demographics and how people can reach you. And then okay. we could have another one. It depends on where we go because I'm totally, you know, going with the flow of how we want to talk. And there's so many people in the chat room. Um, so the other question was, uh, there's a real problem with uh, young women uh, being sexually preyed on in the 12-step programs. And so I would think that it would be fabulous if you were at colleges knew about you. Have you gone that route to sort of do outreach to universities and colleges? Actually, interestingly enough, I work at a university. I'm a college professor, Uh and I am, uh, although that is, I'm not on the counseling side, um, I'm I'm on the academic side, I have been working with some of the people in our student counseling services about bringing information to the campus and integrating us into their um, alcohol awareness programs that we Mm -hmm. do for freshmen and that sort of thing. Um, we also are connected um, through with the Gender Equity Center on campus, you know, where mm-hmm. a lot of the female students will go um, if they are looking for support 
Um, right. So on a on an ad hoc basis, I've been involved in that here in San Diego. Um, we don't have anything um, organizationally. We have not uh, made that outreach effort, but that's something that um, we certainly are interested in. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, earlier, the earlier women learn some of the skills that mm-hmm. WFS has, the mm-hmm. better off their lives will be. Right. I, I agree. I saw them and I was a little envious. I was like, man, I could have really used this at 18 rather than you know, the 12 I, steps. I oh. agree 100% that if I had been exposed to WFS's philosophy as a teenager or a young adult, I think that my life could have gone in a very different direction. We often say that the we have 13 affirmations, and we often say that except for number one, which is the one that talks about having a, a an addiction issue, mm-hmm. two through 13 are for everybody. Everyone's life could be improved by using um, our statements and our affirmations. Yeah, I really like them. I'm going to read the, the first one uh, for the listeners out here. Uh, the second part of the first one says, I now take charge of my life and my disease. I accept the responsibility. Um, at first, I have a life-threatening problem that mm-hmm. once had me, but then you say, I now take charge of my life and my disease, and I accept the responsibility. Uh, number two is negative thoughts destroy only myself. And, uh, well, they could hurt others around us, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my first conscious sober act must be to remove negativity from my life. I like that. Three is happiness is a habit I will develop. Happiness is created, not waited for. That one's nice. Four problems bother me only to the degree I permit them to. I now better understand my problems and do not permit problems to overwhelm me. That Five is, is a- my favorite, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Number four ahead. is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Talk about why it's your favorite. So... A lot of women who use the WFS program often say that when they read the statements for the first time, one of them really hooks them, that mm-hmm. there's one of the statements that just really you know, is a light bulb moment or an eye-opener for them. Right. And for me, it was this statement about problems bother me only to the degree I permit them to, mm-hmm. that I could actually have a choice as to right. how I respond in situations mm-hmm. that... I am not a button that is pushed and has an automatic response, that I mm-hmm. can choose exactly what I invest myself in. And that was just a, such a foreign idea to me because I was very reactionary. When I was in my active addiction, you know, I was extremely reactionary to everything in my environment. Mm-hmm. So the idea that I didn't have to react, that right. that wasn't necessary, was just, uh, like a life changer for me. Yeah, there's really. all kinds of I think really good tools. One of the things that I liked about what I saw with your program that I like about Smart as well is that um, you're a trained leader. Yes. You have, yeah. So what's so the Women for Sobriety does um, certify their moderators, and that's one reason why um, we don't have as many meetings necessarily yeah. as some other programs is because mm-hmm. um, we do rec- um, require that in order to start a meeting. A woman has to have at least one year of sobriety, continuous mm-hmm. sobriety, mm-hmm. and that they um, there's an application that they have to fill out that shows their understanding of the WFS program, mm-hmm. um, and then we provide materials um, and we keep a fairly close contact um, 
Jean Kirkpatrick, who started Women for Sobriety, was very concerned that the program be presented in a consistent fashion mm-hmm. and that the, the various tools and parts of the program were given their appropriate um, information because we know that when someone comes into the program, it can be very overwhelming and you know, wanted someone with some experience to be able to guide um, people into choosing really whether or not our program is for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the roles that uh, a moderator um, often takes. Uh, there's Blondie from Seattle. Are you looking in the chat room or are you just on the phone, Laura? I'm just on the phone. Okay, so there's quite a few for my show. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like 12, 14 uh, people in the chat room, and you have Blondie X, um, a former Seattle moderator, is saying hi. And uh, both online and live meetings, uh, let's see, had to retire in 2011 due to a small young family. <laughs> yes. Um, so I, I, I like that. And um, so it, it sounds like, you know, people, they care and they want to make sure things are safe, and normally they are. But that that really is a nice thing. I think it's an important thing uh, that people have that. So you have some training. They get certified. And um, do you have a limit? to how many people can get in a chat at a meeting? Um, Online, no, we don't. Um, Realistically, um, our chats tend to top out at about 30 to 35 people. Mm, Online, just, it is, and it's a lot to manage. And and what we've found is that um, any more than that, and people just start to drop out voluntarily. You know, it gets a little unwieldy. So, um, you know, it seems to be a natural limit, Um, for our online meetings is is somewhere, you know, maxed out at 30. Right, um, right. For face-to-face, um, historically, uh, WFS has, has always intended our meetings to be small, to be mm-hmm. 10 or less, mm-hmm. um, and so that uh, women really have an opportunity to speak if they want to and um, to connect within the group um, and have it be a, a true support system for them as opposed to a place that they can sneak in and out of um, anonymously. Right. I found that when I uh, had gone to some SMART uh, in the very beginning, as I was leaving AA, that I was surprised to hear, too, that they felt that, you know, at a certain number, nobody's really getting anything out of it, that they needed to be, I think they're like 12, but, you know, I I went to somewhere there were more. So uh, we were in the middle, and I want you to stop any time, or would you like to read? So uh, I wouldn't mind reading these other principles. Oh, sure. Uh, we were at number five. Number five, I Am What I we Think. Were? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, and just to um, preface before I go on, the statements usually are thought of as being kind of in two parts. So there's the, the first part of the statement is what we sometimes call the action or the concept, or sorry, the concept part of the statement, the idea mm-hmm. of the right. statement. Okay. And then the second part of the statement is kind of the action or the how to implement the first part of the statement. Right. So for statement five, um, which is one of the, uh, considered to be one of the core statements of the program is, I am what I think. Mm-hmm. And then the action part of that is, I am a capable, competent, caring, compassionate woman. Mm-hmm. And actually, that is how we open our meetings, so that when we go around in our meetings and introduce ourselves, I would say, I'm Laura, and I'm a capable, competent, caring, compassionate woman. Mm. So any labeling that's done at the meeting, that's what we are. 
Nice. And it's nice. very important what the, mm-hmm. how we talk about ourselves, the words we use in our own internal dialogue, but also when we speak with, to others right. um, is very important. And so just being able to say, I am a capable, competent, caring, compassionate woman often brings newcomers to tears just to yeah. even I w- think well, even you know, that, I, that that's yeah. true of them. Mm-hmm. I also think that, I mean, I did a lot of affirmations and read a lot of books that did that and did workshops that you had to, you know, write up your affirmations. But this little two-pager here, you could just take all of these and say, pick three and say them three times each day, and it would help with your self So let's go forward. It's very nice. So anybody sure. out there, we're, we are talking to Laura Makey, right? Mm-hmm. Makey um, from Women for Sobriety. And she's down in San Diego, and we have found out that Women for Sobriety is a lot bigger because the online is what's really, I think, so important right now. There's 9,000 members, but there is an online a chat meeting every day, guys and ladies, every, every day, twice a day sometimes. It's an abstinence-based program. There is about 200 face-to-face meetings throughout the U.S., and we are talking about there are 13, uh, what would you call them? Your we call them life- acceptance, acceptance statements or affirmations. Right, right. And so. we were just on number five. And number so six is? Number six is life can be ordinary or it can be great. Greatness is mine by a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. Number seven is love can change the course of my world. Caring becomes all important. Mm-hmm. Eight. The fundamental object of life is emotional and spiritual growth. Daily, I put my life into a proper order, knowing which are the priorities. Mm-hmm. Number nine, the past is gone forever. No longer will I be victimized by the past. I am a new person. Mm, that's nice. That's a, a really powerful one for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. You know, we spend a lot of time obsessing over what things we've done. Mm-hmm. and having a hard time letting go of our past. Right. But the philosophy in Women for Sobriety is that what's done is done, that there's nothing we can really do to change the past, mm-hmm. and all we can do is move forward and do things differently. So we, when we say no longer will I be victimized by the past, a lot of times we are victimizing ourselves. We are the ones keeping the past alive for us and mm. keeping it um, keep that keeps us from moving forward. Right. I mean, except if somebody's been child abused or sexually abused as a child, and then they need some therapy to deal with that oh, past. Certainly. Yeah. And, and a lot of and, uh, and you know, professional uh, counseling, professional therapy is is recommended for a lot of people in early sobriety mm-hmm. to help make mm-hmm. that um, transition. Right. Right. Um, but it also gives you a place to stand if other people keep your past alive. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes when we are trying to change our lives and are new to sobriety, other people in our lives keep bringing the past up to us. And this is, gives you a place to stand about I'm a new person now, that right. I am going to do things differently and I'm going to show you that I am going to do things differently. Right. So and, you know, the past is a, gone. Yes. There's a really good book by Harville Hendricks, Getting the Love You Want, that mm-hmm. it was, he and his wife, are you familiar with his work? Yes, Harville Hendricks? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I did marriage counseling from his book with a trained Harville Hendricks worker, 
And one of the things that was such a good tool for myself was that, you know, bringing up the past that where, where say, your husband or, you know, whoever did something to harm you, that it doesn't do any good, like, to keep bringing it up. Like, there's healthy ways to deal with past hurts, but to throw them at each other in, in a fit of, you know, passion or, you know, somebody being upset uh it really was harmful and even to tell our stories over and over um you re-injure i remember a therapist saying you know when the proper time was to tell a story but to always like people who constantly tell that past story is uh you know you're, it's like carrying around another person with you in your aura you know it's like oh come it on is. with me my past and, you know? <laughs> and that is really a, another major difference between women for sobriety and some other recovery programs is that we we don't tell our stories i mean we mm-hmm. we can and sometimes we do but they're not important they're not kept mm-hmm. fresh and kept alive in the way some other programs insist on focusing on the past um, you know, for the most part, we accept the past and forgive ourselves mm-hmm. anything that we need to forgive others and move on. Right, right. So we don't we don't tell our meetings are not about telling stories about how bad things were. Right, They're about right. what we're doing today I and got the plans yeah. we have for tomorrow. Right, and if you need group therapy, you can go to it. Yes. Yes, I hear what you're saying. Okay, so, and ten well, is. Ten is all love given returns. I will learn to know that others love me. Mm-hmm. Enthusiasm is my daily exercise. I treasure all moments of my new life. Twelve, I am a competent woman and have much to give life. This is what I am, and I shall know it always. Mm-hmm. And then finally, thirteen, I am responsible for myself and for my actions. I am in charge of my mind, my thoughts, and my life. Well, so you can see that that yeah. kind of comes back around to the first one again, where mm-hmm. we start by accepting responsibility for our situation, for our disease, our addiction, um, and eventually we grow to the point where we are joyfully accepting responsibility for all of our life. Right, right. Now we have a little conversation going on in the chat room about disease and not disease and behavior, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to have a discussion about that. Um, I don't believe anymore it is a disease. I'm more of the mindset that it's a behavior. But let me ask you this: so, uh, it's of your your feeling is that it is a disease and not a behavior, Laura? We really don't care. <laughs> I'll say, okay. you know, <laughs> right. The, you know, the materials, the WFS materials written by Jean Kirkpatrick um, will not be changed, and mm-hmm. she believed it to be a disease. So mm-hmm. it does say, I now take charge of my life and my disease. Um, some women I know drop that part, and that's yeah. fine, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, and, you know, if it is useful for you to think of it as a disease, if the new disease model is appropriate for you, then great. If you don't want to think of it as a disease, then mm-hmm. don't think of it as a disease. Right, um, right. Well, that's you know, good to know. That, yeah. It, that it, it shouldn't stand in the way of your recovery Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. either way. Right. And uh, one of the things, I mean, I've learned so much on this path that I have with this radio show and, you know, seeking uh, alternatives for very personal reasons 
with family members of mine and for one you know it didn't work for my father and so he's gone mm-hmm. and you know other people but i have learned about so many options that i didn't know existed and part of what i would really like to see is all of these i think there's five of them or it's four of you guys right we have there's life ring there's women for sobriety there's smart there's sos and there's what am i forgetting um oh moderation.org so there's five uh and I really, how do you think that we, you know, we have the internet, you all have nicer mm-hmm. websites, everybody seems to be, and you're on HuffLive. What other things have you done uh, like the, that are like HuffLive, where you're kind of getting out of and getting to the people, to the masses? Have you been on some local radio shows? Have you gotten on some TV shows down in San Diego? Not um, locally. This is actually one of the um, situations that has been problematic for WFS in the last couple years is Mm -hmm. that um, after the founder died, Gene Kirkpatrick died in 2000, um, you know, it has taken a while for the organization to kind of recover and reorganize. Yeah. And so we really lost our public face when Mm. Gene passed away. Right. So, you know, the organization has really been focused on, um, you know, recovering from the loss of our key person, you know, our founder, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's only been within the last couple years that we really have restarted outreach. You know, Jean was involved in many different media opportunities. She spoke, you know, to Congress on addiction issues. You know, Mm. she was fairly high profile. Yeah. Um, And so we're kind of in a position where we're just now getting back into that. I've spoken at some industry conferences. Um, SAMHSA had a woman's addiction conference here in San Diego last year that I presented at. Yeah. Um, Hazelden was doing the uh, women's uh, addiction conferences mm-hmm. for a while, the women's health conferences. We were participated in those. Um, so, you know, we do try to reach especially the professionals, the treatment providers, um, because they're the ones who have contact with a lot of women um, and can recommend um, for women who are seeking um, help. Um, and then, you know, we have our web presence and uh, are doing our best to serve the needs of, of the women who contact us. The Drug Court Professionals uh, has a big conference, too. I thought it would be really a good thing. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, in the middle of making a film, and I would like to uh, have Women for Sobriety have a presence in my section of the documentary that's going to show the other options. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you could – how big is your board? You have a... um, we have, I think, uh, eight members mm-hmm. right now. Did Did you go down to Practical Recovery? I did. Last I, year, yes. year before. We yeah. met. What's that? We met there. We met we, at Practical Recovery that day. We, we did? <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, okay. You were sitting at the table? Yes. While we were eating that yummy food, that guy has yes. some chef. Boy, if anyone's listening out here and can afford to go to Practical Recovery. <laughs> I miss I miss eating at, at that recovery home all the time. That food oh. is fabulous. Wow, it, you know, it's so it's such a pretty place. It's it's a home, you know, but it is a awesome place. Uh, anyone listening out there? Practical. Oh, that's so great. So we did meet, but I would love to interview you if you can be the person, but a point person to 
kind of get this word out there. And um, I thought of a booth. I mean, I can talk to, you know, Tom Horvath and to Mm -hmm. Dr. Kern, who's here, that if an event happens here where you're going to have, and I mean even lawyers, the lawyers need to know. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is, you know, if somebody gets a DUI, they've got to talk to the DUI lawyers and then to the drug court professionals and, you know, the parole officers, but young people in colleges, there's all kinds of, I guess, events where if we got a booth together, uh, and I could be there just rallying everybody, say, come one, come on. <laughs> well, and we do a lot of work together, Smart Recovery, um, SOS, Life Ring, um, Women for Sobriety. We've put together uh, materials that focus on these alternatives for, like, um, EAP, employee assistance programs, mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing. So we have materials um, for that kind of group us together in that way that, gee, you know, there are options and that we can get the word out for everybody at once instead of trying to do it individually. Right. I made even you know, a postcard. Yeah, so you have made um, a literature like that, so you handed uh-huh. out it. Oh, you have. Okay. Yes. Um, so uh, actually uh, uh, the smart recovery was um, instrumental in uh, getting us uh, hooked up with um, one of the largest EAP providers in the country. Um, and so we um, have made presentations um, and are part of their network now in terms oh, really? of that, that these uh, large corporations often sub subdivide their EAP programs, you know, they outsource them. Mm-hmm. And so so the those companies now have materials about alternatives that they can share with the people who contact them. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. And same thing with, like, Blue Cross and Blue Shield because, you know, we've had some real horror stories about treatment. Mm-hmm. And people really, many people don't need to go away and spend twenty five grand and then give in a big book. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I know a girl who uh, I saw the bill, and they she paid $1,000 a day, and I was like, oh, she could have gone to practical recovery <laughs> for that kind and of money. And had a much better time. Yeah, um, and had a much better time and not been murdered. Well, and obviously some... You know, some people do need that level of treatment. Yeah. But for many people, you know, you do have to be sober in your own house. You have to be sober in your own life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point you have to make those choices on a daily basis. So although going away is nice and being outside of your normal routine, you know, can give you space to figure out early recovery, you know, you're going to have to come home eventually. So, you know, getting sober in, in your own home, in your own space, you know, is what most of us do. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a viable alternative. You mm-hmm. know, people who think that, that going away for treatment or doing a 21- or 28-day program is how you get sober is, you know, that's um, not necessarily true. Right, right. I just thought of Donna Cornett. Do you know her? She wrote Drink Link Moderation, so she's like at a women's program for moderation. No, I don't know her. Yeah, she, I've had her on twice. Really nice book. One is for binge drinking for youth, and she, I think, just finished writing a book for just specifically for women, but it was uh, somebody else that I knew really close to me really wanted to cut back but didn't, you know, never mm-hmm. was going to jump on that absence bandwagon, so I gave her... Uh, her book on moderation, it's a very, very nice, thin 
you know, not a thick kind of heady book. It's more of a practical book. But I was just thinking of other things that were women orientated. Mm-hmm. So um, the other question is, did you get your sobriety, called sobriety, um, through Women for Sobriety? That's what made it happen, and that's how you yes. found your help. Yes, I have uh, never participated in any other uh, self-help program. Um, you know, I didn't uh, do rehab, formal rehab, or an IOP program or anything like that. I um, ha- was lucky enough to have a face-to-face meeting here mm-hmm. in San Diego. We actually have three meetings a week here in San Diego. So I mm-hmm. had a meeting available, um, and I, you know, embraced the WFS program and right. started to implement it in my life and mm-hmm. it took it took a while it was not an overnight thing um but um eventually after about oh a year 14 15 months yeah. of of consistently you know working on improving myself my self esteem going to meetings um consistently um I was finally able to find secure and long-lasting sobriety. And, and, how many, um, and yeah, that, WFS I mean, that, is, is, cer- mm-hmm. is certainly um, gave me the tools I needed to save my life. That's awesome. The reason I ask is because there's a woman who's written a book, and they there were some people, the book is going to be released this summer through Simon & Schuster. It's called um, Her Best Kept Secret. But they're looking for people who have actually stopped or are – so for the abstinence-based program, people who stopped through, like, say, your program that will mm-hmm. be interviewed to tell your story of how you did it this way. Mm-hmm. We need some more – I want to say advertising promotion so that women know – that you're there, and so it, you're a good find for me that I found you. <laughs> that I mean, Cuppington, <laughs> I found you, but um, and, and then I get the links from Stanton or from Dr. Kern, mm-hmm. and you know that I so to find somebody who actually really got help through Smart and somebody who really got help through Moderation Management and someone who really got help through Life Ring. But you are that link now for me. So you know, I'll ask you when that time comes if you want to talk sure. to a reporter I'm- and you know, maybe spread the word a little more about women for sobriety. It sounds, you know, I really like the concepts. I I, I think that uh, there's, it's just good to find other resources that are out there. Uh, let me ask you some questions only because of my background. Uh, people don't label themselves alcoholic anymore. Is that correct in your group? Well, we never, we never really did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the materials will talk about, you know, alcoholics, women alcoholics, but there's no requirement or any opportunity really to label yourself. You know, there's no, I'm an alcoholic. Good, because I know somebody's um, just terrified of having to, you know, do that anywhere. And, and I, yeah, okay. And personally, you know, for, for myself, my position is is that I'm not an alcoholic because I don't drink. Mm-hmm. If I chose to drink again, I'm sure I would drink alcoholically and be very quickly back where I was. But as long as I'm not drinking, I really can't see the label alcoholic applying to me. Okay. So for okay. me, you know mm-hmm. that you know it's not. I'm not in remission. I'm not. I just I don't drink. And part of being an alcoholic, when I looked at the definition, was a dependence on alcohol. Right. Right. So you know. So for me, it's. I just don't even consider that to be part of my identity. 
Well, I, I think it's really it's been so great. I can't believe our forty five minutes are almost up. We have oh a minute. Oh my goodness! I know. I, I have to shorten <laughs> it because I actually have to take somebody to an MM meeting. She's <laughs> a friend of mine is having a hard time, so I'm going to take her. Um, we are, have been talking to Laura Mickey, and she is one of the trained facilitators, and she's also on the board, right, for mm-hmm. Women for Sobriety. Uh, everybody out there, there's meetings every day online in the chat room. There's meetings in San Diego. There's meetings in Glendale, 200 meetings throughout the United States. But uh, it has been really refreshing and lovely to talk to you. And I think let's have you on again. And we'll I talk would love more. to yeah, be back. Yeah, we'll go more through into the booklet and see what's going on. And I really appreciate you and uh well, thanks a lot, Monica. I You're really welcome. appreciate the opportunity to spread the word about our program and look forward to being back with you again in the future. I, I th- Thank you so much. Okay, everybody, uh, the show is just about over. Uh, it was really nice to have her on and find out more about Women for, women for Sobriety next week. I think we're going to have somebody who grew up uh, in the 12-step program who's going to talk about that, what that was like. And everybody in the chat room and everybody who is out there listening, thank you so much. It was a really active chatting out there. Uh, love you guys. And, again, this is Monica Richardson. This is Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. Good night, and we'll see you next week.